My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider from the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also the host of this fine podcast, Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. The Breakfast with Boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports, whether it's cycling, multi-sport, running, anything that inspires us to get out and move, we cover right here on Breakfast with Boz. Let's get cooking on Breakfast with Boz. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. I'm your host, Ian Boswell, currently in Steamboat, Colorado. And my breakfast this morning was fairly slim pickings. I'm here with the Amani Riders ahead of their first race here in the States. More on that in a future episode of Breakfast with Boz. So for breakfast, I had two pieces of bacon and a scramble to get out the door and get to a shakeout ride led by Marley of All Bodies on Bikes. Probably more on that in the future as well here on the podcast. But we got out for the ride, and uh, I came back, and I just made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I'm doing okay, and I'll be tied over until lunch, probably pick up another burrito, because that seems to be the thing that I do when I am at races in the West. So burrito for lunch, and uh, hopefully more of a breakfast tomorrow before SBT. And in today's episode, I am joined by the Adventure for All organization. You're going to hear from Chase Petty, who is the founder of this group and Chase put together a nonprofit to get kids with exceptionalities out into the world. So that be camping, backpacking, kayaking, and most recently cycling. Last year, Chase took one athlete to Lincoln, Nebraska for the gravel worlds. And this year they're heading there with a whole host of athletes to really open the doors and opportunities for athletes who have largely and traditionally been told that they shouldn't be out there riding bikes, shouldn't be out there hiking and backpacking. And Chase has kind of flipped the script there and getting these athletes out on board. And it's a project that we here at Wahoo are extremely proud to be a part of. Chase reached out earlier this year and kind of pitched over what they were trying to do. And and right away, um, we said that we'd love to get involved. Um, Chase can explain a lot more about how this all got started and what the mission for Adventure for All is. So... In today's show, we're going to be hearing from Chase, several of these fine athletes, parents, athletes themselves, kind of just telling the whole story of what Adventure for All is and how they're going about getting these kids with exceptionalities, more opportunities and opening doors for them in many ways, which as many of you will know, that is what this gravel race scene is all about. So let's dive in to today's episode of Breakfast with Boz. Well, Chase Petty, unfortunately, we can't be together. Um, so I'm calling you. I'm, I'm at home. It looks like you're in not Florida where you're from, but up in uh, the mountains of Colorado. Yeah, out here in Vail, Colorado. Um, again, being a big lover of adventure, you know, I try to get out to the mountains as much as I can. And this is why we bring the athletes out here because there's no better feel of adventure than when you're surrounded by mountains. So. Yeah, well, and, and you know, we're here today to to talk and kind of, you know, I guess for for me to learn a little bit more, but for listeners to learn a little bit more about what adventure for all is. But I mean, really, I guess my first question is, how did this get started? I mean, and I mean, go ahead and you can really just explain from the beginning of how you got involved, you know, and obviously how it's developed over the years to where 
you know, now you're gearing up to take athletes to one of the biggest gravel races in the world. The, you know, well, I guess it is gravel worlds, um, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, but obviously it's been a long journey to get there. Can you kind of just take us back to, to where this all started and how, how you got involved with it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I always get asked this question and I, I'm trying to get it to where I can break it down into, <laughs> into a smaller story. But I mean, to try to make a long story short, you know, I got into this, this field um, for two main reasons. Um, one, I already worked with adventure athletes before I started Adventure for All. So I had a company where I trained professional athletes for mountain climbing, mountain biking, uh, gravel cycling, road cycling, um, anything adventure-based outdoors, I just specialized working with professional athletes with strength and conditioning. So my love for adventure and my love with working for people kind of started with that. And um, I've always done a lot of volunteer work with individuals with exceptionalities. And and those listening, um, you know, also, exceptionality is also known as disabilities. Just our, our organization has termed disabilities as exceptionalities because as you'll hear through this podcast, they are exceptional individuals. So we just have termed that as the word we use to describe them. So I've always done volunteer work and every time, I don't care if it's going to a classroom or carving pumpkins with them or doing art or whatever it was, I left those moments and those experiences so full and they just gave me so much. As much as I gave them, they gave me more. And so, you know, as I was still training professional athletes um, for their adventurous, you know, goals, I still wasn't feeling super fulfilled within my career and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I knew I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I would do the rest of my life. And so um, kind of took a leave of absence for a few months and just journaled and really tried to figure out what it is I really want to do. And, and through that time, I came up with Adventure for All and the concept and the concept being really challenging these individuals. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Go Tigers, go. Right. Woo! Yeah. Well done, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. All right, you ready to make your way? I going to go up and over the top, down the other side. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. Like hey. You guys all done? We did good? We did good. Yeah, we did. Boy, we did it. Yeah, you did it. Did all right, guys. We're going to head back to the parking lot. Today was a good day. You did sir, awesome. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. You know, I noticed through tons of research that there's very minimal services and opportunities for these individuals through high school and especially after high school. You know, a lot of the services dwindle in high school, and that's why some of them don't even graduate. They kind of age out because at 21, you age out. And so some of them don't even graduate um, due to some of the lack of challenging services. And then after high school, you know, they're usually either put into a home or they're, you know, they have to stay home with their families. And so we saw that as a, as a huge just gap in this entire community's life because I think, Ian, as you, as you can probably express too, is around those teenage years, we none of us know what we want or who we are you know i think we're all trying to figure that out and so you know i think them being put into a space where they couldn't really be challenged to maybe figure out who they are and what they're capable of was kind of limiting them within society after high school so you know our our big mission is to use adventure and these activities and these challenges to really help show them that they are badasses. You know, they can bike a 50K race. They can hike a mountain. They can do all these amazing things that maybe doctors have told them that they can't do. And by showing them that and, and guiding them through that, they just, they come out on the other side so confident, so much belief in themselves. They have drive. They learn how to goal set, all of these things. And 
and it kind of prepares them then for us, which we're developing right now to start piloting next year is our, uh, our job development program. So, you know, we're using adventure to kind of just really build this in, incredible work ethic within these individuals so that then we can help guide them to a bigger goal that they can instill in their day-to-day life. You like riding the bike? Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I know, it is awesome, isn't it? How's riding the bike make you feel? Hmm. Oh my god. Hmm. It can be challenging, yeah. Does it make you feel good and happy though? Sometimes it feels exciting. Yeah, sometimes it does feel exciting. You know, we've been speaking back and forth for, for a while now, and I guess when we first got connected, you know, you had this idea of, you know, you took Josh last year to Gravel Worlds and then, you know, kind of as, as a pilot program, and then this year, obviously, sending, you know, what I guess you could call a, a full team of athletes. Um, and, you know, one of the first things you'd mentioned to me is that, you know, a lot of these individuals with exceptionalities were or have been traditionally told, you know, like, hey, you know, sport's not for you, adventure's not for you, you know, it, it's it's dangerous, it's risky, but I think, you know, both you and I have learned through our life the benefit of of challenging yourself and testing yourself and, you know, overcoming the obstacles of, you know, something as simple as, you know, first riding a bike, but then climbing up a hill and, you know, clipping into, you know, and shifting gears. There's, you know, there's so many things that you learn through sport. I mean, is this something that you've seen change just in your time working with these, with these individuals that, you know, not just the athletes are benefiting from it, but also their families, you know, and, and what sort of change have you seen from, from the families being, you know, and, and maybe in the beginning skeptical, like, Hey, you know, you know, I don't want my kid out hiking in the Adirondacks or biking on these roads. You know, that seems dangerous for, for my kid. Has that been a, a hurdle to get the parents buy-in? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, that's a great question. So I'll kind of give you a direct kind of story of a couple parents this year, you know, um, so, you know, as you explained in the Experience Ironics program, we teach kids how to ride a bike. And then in the Gravel Worlds program, it's kind of a, a graduation-based program where once they learn how to ride a bike, then we really show them how to take this new love for this activity and how to instill training on getting better at it. And so with the Experience Adirondacks one, you know, last year and this year, we had two parents come to us and they pulled me to the side and like, hey, I just, I just want you to know my child's not going to be able to ride a bike, but I just really appreciate you including them and having them be a part of this Um and I always just kind of smirk and just kind of in my, you know, in my heart, I'm like, oh, they're going to ride a bike. But, but, you know, I'm just like, okay, you know, and, and I, and I see over the years why they have that disbelief um, because as a parent, right, all they want to do is support and believe in their child that they can do anything. But as you stated, you know, not even recommendations, like direct statements from doctors saying your kid will not ride a bike, not less chance. I mean, they've been told that they will not ride a bike. I mean, one parent was told, was told, you know, your, your child will not use a fork just because of the post. Like, literally, there's just specific things that they're told that really just kind of set this mindset up to where unintentionally, you know, they have this barriers that they're setting for their child. And so that's what kind of where we come in, you know, where, like you said, you know, it's such a growth format for not only the athlete, but the, but the parents and the families, because they've been told most of their child's life that only the things their child can't do. They've never been told and shown by other people that their child can do anything. And that's what we do. We're just telling them your child can do anything. It's just a matter of what is that process going to look like and how long is it going to take? It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And so what we do through that process and like this year, the two parents that said, 
hey, my child will not go ride a bike. Well, it was eight weeks, and the other kid was nine weeks later, and they're riding a bike independently, and the parents are bawling. I'm crying. We're hugging. It's just this big, beautiful moment because their entire world for their child opens up when that moment happens because something that they've been told was impossible, they just saw happen right in front of them become possible, which now means every other thing that they've been told is impossible now becomes possible again. And so, yeah, it changes the entire outlook on what's possible for their child's future when they see these things happen right in front of them. And that's, those are the moments of why we do what we do. And, and that just keep us so fueled to never stop growing this thing. There you go. Push, 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 push. Come on, fast legs. There you go. Don't slow down. Don't slow down. Pedal hard, pedal hard, pedal hard. Nice. My name is Daryl Eckert. I'm the father of Joshua Eckert. Joshua is a 23-year-old man, lives in Bradenton, Florida, and he was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. Josh has worked hard through his life to be the man that he is today. He's continued to develop physically, mentally, and socially. And of course, when we met Chase and he presented different opportunities for Joshua to have these outdoor activities, it seemed like Josh just fit perfect into his thinking. And of course, bicycling was one of the things that Chase has trained Josh in. And the impacts are amazing. We've seen Josh, of course, grow physically. He's in fantastic shape. But mentally and socially, we've seen him grow by leaps and bounds. And we are so excited to see Josh compete in his second race, actually, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Last year, he was the first autistic man to compete and finish the 50K race. And we can't thank Chase and the Gravel World's family there in Lincoln, Nebraska enough for how beautiful they treated our son. They treated him like royalty. And of course, now this year, he's faced with a 75 mile race and we are so excited. And Josh is too. He can't wait to compete and finish that race. Hey, so when it gets hard, what do we do? Go ahead and stop. What do we do when it gets hard? Oh, we push through. You gotta push through. That's right. When it gets hard, you push through, okay? Okay. You did great today. Grab some more water. You're all done. Josh, you want to do one more or are you done? Okay, you're going to do it like I showed you the last time. You got to be your butt off the seat. So you got to be standing on the pedals. All right. I say the hardest part of this process and the hardest part of becoming a coach with these athletes is learning when to let go. You know, when we first start working with them, our first job is to build that rapport and to build that trust from a coach and athlete standpoint of, hey, you can trust me. Like everything I'm going to do is because I believe in you. It's because I love you. It's because I know you can do anything and you're going to fail a lot. But I want you to know, like, I'm going to be proud of you through those failures. And every time you fall down, you're going to get back up. And we kind of teach them these you know, different sayings um, or mantras, which like one of them is I got this. And we make them say it out loud. Another one is I can, I will. 
Another one is if I fall down, I'll get back up. You know, when you teach them to say these mantras out loud before they do something that's challenging or scary to them, because even on a psychological level, there are studies that show that when you say something out loud, your brain does have to, has to process it. So when you're, when you're constantly saying something positive before something that scares you, subconsciously, you do start to build confidence within that activity. So it is something that we've implemented just on a psychological level to help build confidence and, um, you know, within these activities that originally scare them. Um, Because obviously everyone's afraid of falling. So to directly answer your question of when we let go, it really comes down to, again, that knowing when that records, it's it's different for each athlete. Like the one athlete I could tell, uh, like he trusted me so much. That's okay. Even if he falls, he's going to know you let go because you believed I could do it. Right. You didn't not, you let go and, and how could you let me fall? And right now we have this disconnect. So really to answer that question is it's kind of hard to, you know, it's not a protocol, it's more a feel. So, but I would say it's within the seven to 10 week time period, we've built enough rapport and enough, um, you know, just connection with them that they trust us through anything. And, and like you said, we had one girl this year, her entire right side, her right leg, blow her knee from her pedals hitting it, or, you know, again, her kind of putting her foot down and the, and the tire hitting it. I mean, she had bruises all down her leg. But anytime she would, you know, the pedal would hit her, she'd fall, she would get up and say, let's do it again. And so that's what I mean by they, they find this love for being challenged. Where at the beginning, that same girl, she stubbed her toe on the couch and she was out for two days. You know, and her mom was telling me that story. And now she's falling off a bike and, you know, has bruises all down her leg. And she's like, let's keep going. Well, and I, and I guess I want to ask, you know, what what was it about you know, I guess a lot of listeners on this podcast come to it because, you know, cycling and, and in particular gravel cycling, you know, you know, obviously you started with the adventure in the Adirondacks, which I guess involves some cycling and learning how to ride a bike. Is there something unique about cycling that drew you to, you know, kind of start this pilot program with Josh and we can get into that, um, what you did last year, but to use cycling as a, as an avenue for these athletes and in, in sport? Yeah, absolutely. I would say biking is our, most advanced activity that we use to not only teach them, but also progress them on. And that's because of the multi-processing of cycling. So, you know, if you really reverse engineer and you break down cycling, there is so many things happening that are, that become just habitual. But when you're learning to ride a bike, like learning center of gravity and to use your core, learning to then also not only keep your core tight, but pedal at the same time, also keep your hands on the handlebars, also shift when you need to also, clip in or clip out also, right. There's so when to stand up, when to sit down and keep your balance, right. There's so many things happening all at once that for individuals with autism or, you know, some exceptionalities, it's harder for them and it's more difficult for them to multi-process. So when we teach these kids to ride a bike, we have to teach them each thing in a singular format. So like just to sit on the bike and balance while we're holding it and then just to pedal while the back tires, you know, we're off the ground, but they're not moving. And then, right, and we just, we add in each cue one at a time until we learn and we can tell that it's become a habitual thing cognitively with that athlete. Are we sure you can do it? I mean, you tell me, do you think you can do it? Oh my God. Do you think you can do it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me hear you say, I got this. That's right, buddy. All right, so you're gonna lead the way and Coach Kate's gonna follow you, okay? You're going all the way around the big circle. Hey there, this is Judy. I am the mother of adventure athlete Riley Joyce, who is a 21-year-old young man with autism and Tourette's. Riley's bike riding journey has been 
absolutely amazing. I say that because he just learned to ride a two-wheel bike less than a year ago, and now he has been training these past several months for riding in a bike race, which honestly just blows my mind. <laughs> the impact that riding a bike has had for Riley and on Riley has been that it has given him confidence, obviously great balancing skills, determination, and it has helped him set goals and know what it means to reach those goals in life. I say about the balancing because Riley is not a natural athlete um, like some people are, but that's okay. He does his best and actually I think it makes him work harder and be more determined. These athletes finishing this race or any race will be monumental for all future athletes with exceptionalities being accepted because of their ability, not their diagnosed disability, to ride a bike just like everyone else. You know, you just mentioned the complexity of riding a bike, you know, shift. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, you know, ride on a, on a bike path and, you know, I guess down where you're, you're from in Florida on a, you know, on a beach cruiser has no gears, has pedal brakes. It's, it's not intuitive, but it's, it's simple. The minute you go to an event and you said, you know, you're on dirt roads and you're leaning and the braking and the shifting, there's, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. Um, which I guess, you know, does start to make sense of like how beneficial that is just for, like you said, multitasking because every situation is, is different. Um, and as we've talked about, you know, you sent Josh last year up to, to gravel worlds and, you know, he, he loved it enough that he's, you know, he's in the program still, he's back this year, kind of being a, a mentor and a guide and a coach to the other athletes. I mean, how important is that as well for the camaraderie of, you know, the team environment for riders to be riding together and training together? You know, I know from my experience playing team sports, you know, it raises the level of, of everyone. Has that been a huge shift that you've seen this year, having a group of athletes getting ready to, to go to the event rather than just an individual? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially for this community, you know, it, you know, you think about individual exceptionalities, you know, they have minimal exposure to society and, and society's minimal exposure to them. So, so their aspect of having a community or close friends or people they can do activities with is minimal and it's a lot more difficult for them. And so giving them this, this activity that is challenging for all of them, they're all striving for the same goal. They're all working together to push one another. They're all clapping for one another, cheering each other on all those things. Like you stated, that camaraderie is one of the most, if not the most beautiful aspect of the program, because when you have friends, I always tell this, right? <laughs> Schedule suffering, whether that's in cycling or training is one thing, but you know, shared suffering is way better. <laughs> at least my personal opinion, you know, and so um, in a good way, right? But when you're struggling on that bike and you're pushing and all of a sudden you have a friend right there with you and you can tell they're struggling too, there's just something about that that moment and that connection that really helps each person push themselves to that next level. And so um, that camaraderie is huge, not, not just on the bikes, but off the bikes, you know, it's connected to families, it's connected them to, to again, be friends just in their day-to-day -day life. And friendships go a long way on who's in our circle. And so them surrounding themselves with other athletes like them that um, also want to push themselves and grow is, is only going to help each of them level up individually. And so having Josh, for instance, this year, lead them and guide them after doing it the year before has been a huge motivator for the athletes because, you know, we did a little mini film on Josh doing it. So showing them that at the beginning of the program being like, look, like, you know, your friend did this and he's here to help you do it. Like, that's such a huge motivator because 
seen is believing, you know, for a lot of people. And so seeing Josh do that, not just for the athletes, but for society, it's just really opened up a lot of doors um, for those athletes and for just how we see them for their abilities, not their disabilities. Well, and you're sending, is it five, five riders are going to be heading to gravel worlds? Correct. Yeah. And actually, um, so Riley, uh, one of our athletes, so we'll be, you know, this is, a, we're going to announce next week, which is when this podcast is going to be coming out is he actually got a really bad respiratory infection. And anybody that's a cyclist listening to this obviously knows, right. If your lung capacity is very minimal, it's, it's going to make it very difficult for him to get his heart rate up and push himself. So medically we met with the doctors, they met with us and we had a big just team family meeting. And we all agreed that, um, just unfortunately he won't be able to make this race but um we are you know we will be announcing a a surprise for riley and his family on helping him continue to follow this journey and still get across the finish line before this year ends but yeah so we'll be taking four athletes all right guys so we're gonna work on our descents and ascents again okay just like last week Mm -hmm. all right so josh you and i are gonna go first and then we're gonna turn around we're gonna come back up okay going in once we do then lucas then i'm gonna work with you okay okay all right hello my name is carrie and i am adventure athlete christian's mom christian is a relatively new rider as he just learned how to ride his bike at the beginning of the pandemic prior to this program he had ridden maybe 10 to 15 times at the most and only on asphalt i can't wait to see christian come over that finish line but not just because he's finished his race. I think crossing the finish line is only a small milestone and what I believe will be the first of many races for him. He has definitely found a new passion. Just recently, I ran across a quote from, I believe it was Adam Grant, said something along the lines of, the ultimate test of success is not whether you're proud of what you've achieved, It's whether you're proud of who you've become. And I think that that really hit home. This journey for him has been so much more than just a bike race. It's truly been a journey that has forever changed his life. And I definitely could not be more proud of the young man that he has become during the process. Great job, buddy. Feet on those pedals, you're doing amazing. Great job. They bring the fun back into riding. They just love being on the bike. So as far as fears go, I'm going to be honest with you, they don't have any. The athletes don't. The athletes are just so excited to be around this community, to just interact, to be a part of it, to to be on a race, to just cross the starting line, you know, and then and then to be able to cross that finish line. Like they're they're just excited beyond belief just to have this opportunity. Now, as far as fears go, I'd say that those are those are coming from the parents' side, uh, which they're, they've done a great job of not expressing that to the athletes, but like to us. But I think they're just afraid of them not finishing or, you know, something, again, like just like every parent, again, I'm not a parent, so I can never speak for parents, but I feel like a lot of these athletes are, are my kids in a way. And so I understand like the fear of them failing or not reaching the goal they out for i think that's scary for every parent but you know i know personally that we we would never have them do this if we didn't know in our hearts 100 that they're going to cross that finish line and they will and again it's just going to be another one of those moments for not only the athlete but the parents to see that wow like i can do anything or my child can do anything 
when you challenge yourself, it does open up different neurons in your brain. So when that happens, because you're learning to push through obstacles, so your, your brain's more activated because it's your adrenaline's up, your endorphins are up, all this. So when that's happening, it's also opening up other pathways, which we're going to start doing actual research, you know, big research with some universities in regards to this, what I'm about to say, but you know, these challenges have also advanced them cognitively and within their communication, within their social emotional communication and being able to express themselves. Um, you know, we've seen massive advancements within their growth far beyond physical and mental, which is the huge aspect to, you know, these things being such launching platforms for their life. And as you kind of gear up and prepare for this event, you know, there's a lot that goes into racing, riding, a, a you know, any event. Um, but you know, I mean, and I guess this education is, is so, there's so much more to this than just the riding, you said the shifting and braking, but you know, there's a whole nutritional side of it as well, which I think is, you know, as you know, both of us probably know well, like nutrition and eating properly is so beneficial to how you feel, you know, just your, your general health. Has that been something you've been trying to implement as well through kind of the, I guess the, the buildup to, to the gravel worlds? Yeah. I mean, cause why not? Right. Like you said, you know, we're in this program for gravel worlds and we're training them like professional athletes. I mean, these, these athletes have super nice, specialized, diverse bikes. They have a Wahoo kicker. They have their Wahoo roams. Like they are, we want to treat them like professional athletes because when you feel like a professional athlete, you're going to train like one. And so we want to give them that motivation and those tools to succeed and be the best they can be in, in the goal that they're striving for. So so yeah, I mean, even health uh, or uh, nutrition being a factor has been not only beneficial for the athletes, but even the families, right? Because a lot of time the families are eating dinner together, they're cooking breakfast. And so it's been beautiful to see the whole family become healthier and more conscious within those those decisions when it comes to nutrition, just because they do see how much it's helping the athletes. You know, like one athlete, Riley, for instance, you know, he's lost 45 to 50 pounds in the past year since learning to ride a bike. And that's because his mom has really implemented the nutrition side along with his bike training. And so that alone has completely changed, you know, his life because he's not, you know, a natural athlete. And now, I mean, you look at this kid a year ago to now and you're like, Holy crap, you know, 50 pounds is gone and he's motivated. He's confident. It's just really cool to see, you know, that change, that positive change within them. It's really awesome. Yeah, you do. Now remember, we want to pedal fast. So if you need to, you click left. You got it. You got it, bud. You got it. Click left. Yep. Good job. Nice, Josh. How'd that feel? Huh? Feel confident? Good. Oh my God. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh <laughs> Great job, buddy. Proud of you. Well, I guess for, you know, two, two questions here, kind of a, a pro and a con, you know, being, being a coach, being a, you know, individual who's working with these athletes, you know, almost on a daily basis, what has been the biggest highlight and what has been the hardest moment for you in kind of in, in the run up to, you know, sending not just one athlete to the event, but, but multiple. Yeah. So, okay. So what is one of the best moments throughout the program so far and one of the hardest yeah. Or, okay. So one of the best moments, I feel like every time I give a best moment, it's like the most recent thing that happened just because they continue to blow my mind. But I would say most recently, like just two weeks ago, um, 
because again, all these athletes I taught how to ride a bike. So for me, it's just every time they learn a new skill, it just blows my mind and how short of a time that they're perfecting these skills. But, you know, recently we went to uh, you know, a place we call Celery Field in Florida. It's probably the only hill in the entire state. And um, <laughs> we did an hour of ascents and descents of teaching them how to, again, use both brakes to control your speed. But at what time do you only use the back brake and how hard do you pull it? And again, really teaching them the proper technique of that. And again, if, if anybody that's ever worked with these athletes, and if you had it, and even if you haven't, you know, teaching that type of cue um, to somebody with an exceptionality, it's, it's very difficult for them to take that on and use that as a tool. So I think that's probably been one of the best moments. I think my favorite moment will be when they all cross the finish line because I can guarantee you, yeah, I'm going to be crying because <laughs> it's just it's just the best moment. And like I, I know they're going to announce it, and everybody's going to be cheering, and just again to see this beautiful cycling community be there celebrating these individuals crossing that finish line is just one of the most beautiful things to witness. Um, again, not just for the athletes and the families, but to see the cycling community just loving them so hard during that moment. So I've just, I have so much respect for the cycling community because you guys are just one huge family when it comes to that. And so, so much respect for you guys. And then when it comes to, I guess, one of the worst moments, it was and it's definitely when I, you know, I got word that Riley had a really bad respiratory infection because again, you know, I've, I've been working with Riley for a year and I think any athlete can, can understand this of training something like a full-time job for something really important to you and two to four weeks out, you know, you get an injury physically or you get really sick or whatever it may be. And just something completely out of your control, even though you did everything in your power to make this happen, something out of your control happens. And I, I just, you know, it's hard for him to express it, but I just, I can see it and I can feel just how sad he is that he can't go with his friends. Um, so that's just been really hard. And that's why, you know, I'm trying to work really hard to surprise him with, with another race so that, he can still fulfill this really big goal that he's worked so hard for. Yeah. Well, and you know, I guess in, in, in closing here, you know, you, you have this awesome organization, you're doing great things for, you know, folks getting out and, and riding bikes, but also, you know, with the, you know, adventure in the Adirondacks, um, how can people best, I guess, learn more about adventure for all, or if they choose to, you know, make a donation or want to get involved and help and be a coach, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or the organization? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, um, you know, go to the website, um, just www.adventureforall.org um, is the website. And then my email is chase at adventureforallfund.org. And so, yeah, you can reach out to me directly. I, I you know, my num literally my personal number is on everything we put out. You know, my email is on everything because I want to hear from everyone. I want to hear what people want, how we can grow, how we can continue to help families and communities. So, you know, I do want to hear from anybody listening on ideas or just interest because that's one thing too. You know, the community is showing the most interest. Um, those are going to be the communities that we, we go to first because, you know, obviously they have the energy and, and the, the work ethic to want to implement it and help that community. And as far as donations go, you know, we are 100% transparent 501c3. So you can literally ask for any of our 990s from previous years and we will literally send you our direct 990 to show you all the donations that came in and how all those funds were used, um, whether it was for you know programs or operations. So we want everybody that donates to be a part of this journey with us. And part of being a part of that journey is understanding how we're growing and how we're spending our money. And just so that people continue to have loyalty and trust with, 
with what we're trying to do with our organization. So, so yeah, I mean, donating on the website or reaching out to me directly um, if you'd like to volunteer or be open to us putting your community down as one that's interested in implementing our programs, that would be beautiful because that's really the only thing anything like this can grow is exposure and just, you know, large, large community of people that have a, a big love for impacting lives and trying to grow something bigger than ourselves. Well, there we have it, folks. Another episode of Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo. Thank you to Chase and everyone over at Adventure for All for taking the time and sharing a little bit more about this awesome organization. If you are heading out to Gravel Worlds in Lincoln, Nebraska, be sure to find Chase and the team and say hello. Share your support and encourage the riders out on course. There'll be more to come from Adventure for All in the future, so stay tuned on that. And until next time, folks, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll catch you back here next time on Breakfast with Boz being served by Wahoo!